0: Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast about sports and the law with your host, me, Gabe Feldman, director of the Tulane Sports Law Program and co-director of the Tulane Center for Sport. I'm joined again by Eric Blevins, the Tulane Sports Law Program Manager with our Sports Law Rundown, everything we think you need to know about the latest developments in sports and the law. You give us 22 minutes. And in this case, it's more like 25 minutes, but you're probably listening to this on 1.2 speed, so it's more like 23 minutes, but give it to us and we'll give you the sports law world. Here we go. Welcome back, Eric. Thanks for joining me again. Thanks for having me. All right. Good small talk. Let's get into (laughs) the updates. The big story is the NCAA, as usual. The NRB Regional Board filed a formal complaint against USC, the Pac 12, and the NCAA, alleging that they exert enough control over USC football and men's and women's basketball players to classify those players as employees under the National Labor Relations Act, which would give the players the right to unionize and collectively bargain their salaries, and other terms and conditions of employment. Big news, that was inevitable after the board found merit in the unfair labor practice charges filed against them. But it brings us one step closer to college athletes possibly being classified as employees. The complaint also found that the Pac-12 and the NCAA are joint employers of the college athletes, which is significant because the NLRA only applies to private employers. So if the NCAA and the conference are joint employers, then the NLRA would apply to all schools, not just the handful or two of private schools at the FBS or Division I level. Not surprisingly, the PAC-12 issued a statement that it, quote, strongly disagrees, unquote, which is strenuously objecting, with the complaint and it claims that this would have a significant negative impact on college sports. We have to take that with a grain of salt because allowing college athletes to have spreads on bagels or to have full cost of attendance or multi-year scholarships, the NCAA argued, all of those things would have a significant negative impact on college sports, and that hasn't quite played out. But we'll see what happens if college athletes do become employees. The hearing is set for November. And right around the same time, the Power Five's tax filings were released and doesn't help the optics of the conferences in this fight, given that their combined revenues were $3.3 billion last year with the Pac-12, although last in the Power Five, Paid out $37 million per school. Other news coming from
1: Senator Lindsey Graham's office, who has fairly quietly put together a draft NIL legislation that would establish an NIL clearance. What do
0: you mean what do you mean fairly quietly? Because he was whispering. <laughs>
1: I hadn't read a whole lot about it until you sent me an email with the news articles. The clearinghouse, though, is this would be big for the NCAA. It's have the power to establish the rules and discipline for NIL. And perhaps most importantly, this draft legislation, emphasis on draft, includes an antitrust exemption, which obviously is the holy grail that the NCAA has wished for decades. And then this news obviously comes with all the caveats. It's not clear if this is going to go anywhere. The NCAA will be able to get this legislation passed or to fend off any of the many
0: antitrust attacks that it faces. Yeah. And just one thing to to clarify that this clearinghouse would not be within the NCAA. This would be a third party entity, but this clearinghouse would be able to establish rules and, and not have to be worried about. Antitrust attack, whether they'd still have to be worried about the pending house case and the potential billions of dollars in damages they face there remains to be seen. Um, But as you said, this, I think for a lot of people, came out of nowhere. It's not clear how much support he has for this type of legislation. But sticking with college sports and antitrust, as we mentioned on our last update, the Ivy League is facing an antitrust suit alleging that it has violated the law by not allowing athletic scholarships. The Ivy League filed a motion to dismiss, arguing that their no scholarship rule is legal because it actually increases competition by providing students who are in the market for an elite academic school to choose one that creates, quote, campus cultures that do not prioritize athletics over other aspects of their educational mission, unquote. Their argument, I think, was pretty aptly summarized by Sportico's article that I wholeheartedly support that the Ivy League is essentially saying you can go to Duke. And really their argument is they have no market power because if you are a outstanding athlete who wants an outstanding education, there are choices beyond the Ivy League. And if you want to have an athletic scholarship, you can go to Duke, you can go to Stanford, you can come here to Tulane they don't have the ability to harm competition. So
1: more in college sports. If you're not interested in college sports, you're going to have to buckle in for a while here. A lot of news going on right now. The O'Bannon lawsuit is coming full circle as college football players will, for the first time ever, have the opportunity to be featured in and paid for their likenesses in the hugely popular EA Sports NCAA football video game, which maybe that should have been the lead. The game is coming back. used to be released every year, starting in 1997, but as a lot of us know, was shelved after the 2013 version, which I believe featured Robert Griffin III on the heels of his Baylor Heisman on the cover. I won a lot of games against my friends with that one. And you'll recall that the game previously featured digital players who essentially had the same characteristics and had the same numbers as the real players, but didn't use their name. And all of that, obviously, without paying the players. But now the game's back. The players can now opt into a group license that negotiated with EA. The players can get paid. They haven't announced the amounts of those yet. So there's some question as to, will the top star players want to get paid more? Will there be any fights about that? Harkening back to the old quarterback club issues with those video games. But yeah, video game fans and historians will all remember the importance of getting these rights in the game because back in the old days, even the pro video games used fake team names and fake player names like the old Double Dribble. For Nintendo, you could play the Boston Frogs and they had green uniforms and generic players. And then the original Tecmo Bowl, they had the rights to use the player names, but not the team names. And then in Ken Griffey Presents Major League Baseball, they had the rights to use the team names, but the only player name they had was Griffey. So it was really hard for a long time to get everything in one package. And now, at least for college football, we finally seem to have
0: the answer. Yeah. And I was, as a lifelong Knicks fan until I became a Pelicans fan, really hated the Boston Frogs. They were green. I think they had a mascot that looked like the Celtics mascot except it was a frog and right now the frogs as we are recording this are down big in game three so that's as a Knicks fan notable
1: what was the Knicks mascot or they were the I think they were the
0: New York Eagles I believe yeah Yeah. it was really an incredible game it was a groundbreaking game and you could there was an unstoppable shot in the corner of fadeaway three and then when you went for a dunk every now and then it would Zoom in and have this incredible for at least for 12 year old me graphics of somebody dunking. Those are the good old days. Okay. The back to what we're talking about. Oh yeah. So the NCAA dealing with not only antitrust issues, NIL issues, the employment issues, but Nike is also dealing with some employment classification issues. According to independent reports received by the guardian, Nike may have classified Thousands of its office workers as independent contractors instead of as employees. And the, at least according to the reports, the potential damages could be around 530 million dollars. So we'll keep an eye on that as we keep an eye on the college athlete employee classification issue. And the NCAA is
1: also not the only one with antitrust problems. Major League Baseball has been dealing with a lawsuit filed by several minor league teams and a New York state court judge recently set a trial date in that lawsuit. And these teams were among the 40 teams that were eliminated in Major League Baseball's move to shrink the minor leagues from 160 teams down to 120 teams back in 2020. So that trial is set for November 14th, and MLB indicated that it's planning to file a motion
0: for summary judgment this summer. Sticking with antitrust law, Live Golf is back in the news. Their lawsuit against the PGA Tour has now lost all of its player plaintiffs, with Bryson DeChambeau and Matt Jones the last two to drop out of the case, that started with 10 plus players, including Phil Mickelson. So now it's just league against league, live versus PGA. A couple of related notes here. One is we just saw a live player, Brooks Kepka, win the PGA championship. Sergio Garcia, another live golfer, didn't qualify for the PGA championship and will have to play his way into the US Open because he's dropped to 200th in the official world golf. Rankings, So he's going to actually have to play in an open qualifier. Those rankings have become, as we've mentioned previously, a key part of the live PGA battle because the major tournaments use the ranking as a key factor in determining who gets to play in these tournaments. And so far, for a number of reasons, the live events do not qualify for OWGR points, so Garcia's only recent points have come from a couple of Asian tour events and the Masters, which he automatically qualified for as a former champ. So, again, we'll see how that plays out. By the way, Eric, do you know where LIV, where that name comes from, why they called it LIV? I, I just found that out. Was that at the
1: conference? Somebody mentioned that it's it's 54. It's Roman numerals for 54 because it's these tournaments are 54 whole events as opposed to the typical
0: 72 i had no yeah. idea until like last week yeah so it's at the sla conference and i think it was jody balsam who mentioned that but i'm not sure she's 100 because there's a competing theory that i've also seen that 54 is the lowest score i guess that you can get i'm not sure on a 18 hole golf course it would be a 54 and so that's they wanted it to be the perfect score okay so i'm not Maybe there's some confusion. I like whatever.
1: that we're going back to the era of our childhoods when you couldn't just clear things up on your smartphone with a quick Google, that there's different fan theories out there.
0: The internet is telling us different things. That's, oh, yeah. That's, even better. I did Google it. I've done research for this. Even I'm, not, better. I'm not just spinning... Theories off the top of my head. I,
1: I was so pleased when I heard the Roman numeral theory that, that I'm going to stick with that because it, it's pretty clever. I thought, not that I'm a live fan or have seen any events, but it does seem like a cool name. Shifting gears in NFL news, the sale of the Washington Commanders, which is we've talked about before, the sale itself has been finalized to the group led by Josh Harris with a price over. Of just over six billion. And the sale isn't final yet, at least for a couple reasons. It has to be approved by the owners, and they are going through a vetting process of the bid. And on that note, there's also another potential hang up, which is that another group behind a competing bid has filed a lawsuit over their missing out on the sale. So, former NBA and Duke player Brian Davis's company Urban Echo Energy was part of this purported bid sued Bank of America claiming that Bank of America failed to present its bid of what it says was about 7.1 billion dollars to the Commanders owner Dan Snyder and they say that if the bank had presented the bid that Snyder would have accepted it and potentially another complicating factor here in what is already an extremely complicated process of buying and selling an
0: NFL team. I was just entering Duke when Brian Davis was leaving. And until you just mentioned it, I did not know that he played in the NBA, but according to this internet, 68 NBA games, averaging 5.5 minutes per game. So learning a lot today. He was a very good college basketball player, very bouncy Maybe a little too bouncy. His dribbles were very high, but of course he played for Duke. I
1: don't, it had to be I don't
0: good. Know. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying he's too bouncy. Okay. Speaking of bouncy, I'm not sure that this is speaking of bouncy. But we've talked a lot about the Brett Favre defamation lawsuits, and one of them against Pat McAfee, former punter, now very well known media personality. It seems like there may have been a settlement, but. Either way, Brett Favre has dropped that lawsuit. No terms have been reported. But McAfee made a statement on his show clarifying that his prior comments at issue weren't based on any personal knowledge and said that he did not pay any money in settlement. But Favre is still pursuing his defamation suit for now against Shannon Sharp. And one interesting side note, shortly after this news, more news broke that Pat McAfee was leaving FanDuel, and reportedly will be joining ESPN on a deal that the New York Post has reported is in the eight figures annually. WNBA is also in the
1: legal news, as the league has recently taken away the Aces, Las Vegas Aces, first-round pick, and suspended head coach Becky Hammond for two games after an investigation into the team's interaction with former player Dierica Hamby, who the Aces traded away to the Los Angeles Sparks this offseason. The league found that the Aces had promised impermissible benefits during Hamby's contract negotiations, and Hammond's suspension arose out of alleged inappropriate comments she made to Hamby about Hamby's pregnancy. Hammond strongly denied any wrongdoing in a response and said that she and the team were disappointed by the league's decision and insisted that her relationship with Hamby was on the up and up.
0: Yeah, it's probably not great timing for Becky Hammond. Not that there's any good timing for this, but. She has been long rumored to be a possible head NBA coach. And uh, now it's a few vacancies. Not sure any of those teams were looking at her, but this story will certainly not help. It's also interesting, this impermissible benefits. That's w- what we've been waiting for in the NCAA, is the NCAA to crack down on impermissible benefits. And yet, it's the WNBA that is giving us this news. And I think people sometimes forget that even pro leagues have restrictions on what athletes can get for their NIL deals. They have to be real NIL deals and not attempts to circumvent salary cap or salary restrictions. So we'll see what happens there. Shifting gears, the story about the former San Diego State punter, Matt Areza, was drafted by the Bills and then was quickly cut after a lawsuit was filed making some very serious allegations of rape against him and others. The San Diego Police Department investigated the case for nine months before recommending no charges be filed to prosecutors. And now San Diego State has released a statement regarding its own university investigation, concluding that it made no findings against Ereza. So Ereza's attorney announced that his client was happy to have been officially exonerated of any wrongdoing or charges related to the SDSU internal investigation. Ereza then did a public interview Saying that he doesn't harbor any ill will towards the Bills, who says, quote unquote, knew the truth, but had to cut him given the seriousness of the allegations. The civil suit against Areza and others continues and has a trial date set for this October. And the plaintiff's attorney has deemed the results of these investigations. Meaningless.
1: Next up, taking a quick flight across the Atlantic, Welsh soccer club Cardiff City is reportedly suing the French club Nantes over the tragic death of striker Emiliano Sala, who passed away in a plane crash in January of 2019 while he was traveling to Cardiff in an effort to complete his £15 million transfer to the Welsh club, which at that time, was fighting to stay up in the Premier League. They eventually were unsuccessful and were relegated. This is really just the latest development in this tragic and what has turned out to be a quite complicated situation in which Cardiff and Nantes for a while disputed whether Cardiff owes the transfer fee. And last August, the Court of Arbitration for sport stepped in and ruled that yes, the transfer was effectively completed so that Cardiff did owe the fee. And then this latest suit follows that and is reportedly seeking to recover not only the cost of that fee but also
0: consequential damages for Salah. So, very serious story, obviously. But one thing I just have to note is, I, for any of our French speakers out there, I think it's Nantes. I think that's how you pronounce that. I don't think it's Nantes.
1: Nantes. Part of Americans reporting on European sports.
0: Yeah. Oh, now this is saying Nantes. It's definitely not Nantes. Next, updates in the Varsity Blues prosecution, which for a pretty good chunk of time was one of the biggest stories in the country because it had a little bit of everything that people are interested in. It had sports, it had wealthy people, it had bribery. It had moral questions. And this was really more of an admissions scandal than an athletic scandal. It was actually the reverse of most athletic scandals. This was wealthy parents essentially accused of buying their children's way into prestigious universities by pretending that they were athletes and athletic recruits. And so there was photoshopping of non-athletes playing sports so that they could get preferential treatment. More easily, admitted as an athlete, and there were bribes of coaches, allegations of bribes of coaches and others, and a bunch of the early defendants, including Lori Laughlin, the former Full House star, she pled guilty, served two months in jail. Desperate Housewives star Felicity Huffman served 14 days in jail, but the First Circuit threw out all the convictions. Against one of the defendants and all but one conviction against another one of the defendants' parents. And so it may be that this thing we thought was this major scandal that might bring down lots of schools and lots of people and lots of wealthy people. It may turn out that the, like we've seen with some of these other big sports-related scandals, turns out to be a lot of maybe questionable conduct, but not illegal conduct. And a lot of the issues that were raised when this happened is what's the difference between spending $20 $20 million to name a building and $500,000 to help out a coach. Both are done to try to get your child into school. We can say there are lots of differences between the two, but there were lots of people asking the question whether it was, should be illegal to do that as opposed to maybe just not something the school should want to do or should allow. And then related to that, the prosecutor who led the Varsity Blues operation is set to resign from DOJ soon in the face of a list of potential ethical infractions, including attending political functions and accepting Celtics tickets.
1: Shifting gears back to something else that we've talked about previously, Diamond Sports bankruptcy saga. Recent news, big news actually, as the judge presiding over the bankruptcy uh, of Diamond ruled on May 10th that the Phoenix Suns cannot enter their newly announced broadcast deal with Gray Sports and Kiswe because Diamond's existing deal with the Suns gives Diamond a right to negotiate an extension. And the, the bankruptcy courts don't allow you to interfere with contracts of the debtor. Perhaps big news for some of the other teams that are embroiled in this Diamond bankruptcy saga as they're
0: trying to consider what their next steps are going to be and then in the world of professional fishing you probably remember eric i know you remember this two fishermen were caught cheating at an ohio fishing tournament last year and they have been sentenced to 10 days in jail along with the loss of their expensive fishing boat and i believe their trailer as well the fishermen during the tournament were caught when they turned in fish that won them the tournament that were heavier than they appeared to be. So something was fishy. And the tournament officials cut open the fish and found lead weights and other fish fillets stuffed inside the fish. They would have won $28,000 in prizes. Instead, they will spend some time in jail, have their fishing licenses suspended for three years as part of their plea deal. And they really just Cast a black cloud over what I always thought was the purest form of sports fishing competitions.
1: Last and not least, in our Bram Van Polen corner, quick update for you. Our fearless leader starred in PEZ walls, 3-2 to two win, and the club is now tied atop of the table as we near the end of the season. So exciting finish for all of us Van Polen fans in store.
0: Just to be clear, I believe he started. I'm not sure that we would say he starred, but oh. I, did, I didn't watch the game. So we can, I don't know anyone's going to fact check us on the PEC's wall. I'm going with
1: and, both. I didn't see it either. I don't know if I can see it
0: if I wanted to, but I'm going to well, say he's Once he you, see it, you, you can't unsee it once you've seen it, but I don't know. He's a, de- he's a defender and they gave up two goals. So I, but maybe he's the star of the podcast. So maybe he starred in that game. All right. Thank you, Eric. And thank you for listening. And thank you, as always, to our loyal sponsors, the Tulane Center for Sport and RITVEST. Summer is almost here. It's about time that you and your family RITVEST. See you next time, Between the Lines. And we will both see you next time, Between the Lines.